Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Calzo, Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you for joining us for Episode 4 of the Jesus Movement of the 60s and 70s. Let's pick up where we left off last time. We saw a lot of dramatic, uh, re, you know, just changes in people's lives, you know. I remember um, in a service we, <laughs> we were at in a small little church out in the middle of nowhere uh, that had like 12 people in it for, for I don't know how long. And then the Jesus movement broke loose and you couldn't even get in there. It was a small little church held maybe, I don't know, 125 or so, but you'd have to step over people in the aisle, you know, mm-hmm. in order to get anywhere because it was just jammed and they were coming in there in their jeans and girls were coming in their halter tops and some of the, uh, the 12 that were left, you know, some of those just got up and left and said it was, you know, awful, blah, blah, blah. But uh, so many of those people are in ministry today. Yeah. I, I a good friend of mine uh, used to ride around a pickup truck, and uh, he was probably at the time, he might have been 18, 19 years old, and he'd just be riding down the road along the beach or something. Teenagers would be hanging out and doing nothing. He goes, hey, you want to go check out this service? It's really mm-hmm. cool. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. is blah, blah, blah. And he'd go on and on and on, you know. They'd jump in the back of the pickup truck. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? And, yeah. and he'd take them to the service, and, they, and be, they'd come to the Lord. They'd get saved, some of them. It was a powerful time that wasn't, uh, like we say, orchestrated and set up, uh, you know, do this, do this, do that. Everything seemed to be spontaneous. People were just genuinely in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, Jesus Christ Superstar was playing in Asbury Park in 71 in the convention hall. Oh, yeah. And um, the uh, we went down, we witnessed, you know, and, and it was just... It was just an amazing time, you know, being able to share people because there was, a, like I said, there was an openness. There was a, you know, there was a searching component. You know, even even going to, you know, like parks on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, passing out tracts, you know, doing stuff in New York City. Um, there was, I mean, there were even places in New York that had Christian artists at the time. You know, there were Christian coffee houses were all over the place. They sprung up. I was involved in you know probably several of them you know back in the day and yeah coffee houses were just uh amazing i know uh um singer would say by grace we we just lived off of coffee houses in the beginning because you know we were you know contemporary and uh, a lot of churches were like leery about us you know and uh so we'd be ministering and sharing our testimonies and our songs in coffee houses all up and down the shore and even in the city i mean there were they were everywhere it was pretty cool because you know you know if you were had a little talent you know you wanted to give it to the lord and there was a place for you to go right. and and uh and share and uh, people hung out you know and in in some cases you know we'd be praying for one another and uh it was just a very amazing time i i personally think that's a ministry that is would still be uh viable today oh yeah definitely you know um the the biggest thing about the coffee houses was it gave people a place to just kind of go hang out you know where a lot of people had come out of the the bar scene you know so on saturday night they were looking they were used to being somewhere other than home yeah (laughs) with with friends and you know so the coffee house i think really kind of you know kind of filled that niche and um you know people would they get together, and and out of the the uh, the coffee houses, there were also a lot of Bible studies that were formed, and um, 
when you mentioned before about the this little church, I, I'm reminded I was growing up. I mean, I grew up in a, you know, a Christian home. So, you know, I had, you know, kind of um, come to the Lord at an early age. But, you know, in in, in 1971, um, you know, I just felt that that was a time where I really, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, do something and, and just kind of make, you know, deal with God uh, having being Lord of my life, you know, as mm. opposed to just, <clears throat> you know, just being, yeah, I'm a Christian. But, um, but I went to a large church and it was interesting because we had, um, we had a lot of kids or people coming in, like you said, in the jeans and t-shirts. And if you went to a concert back in the sixties, the best seats in the house were where down front, yep. you know, um, you know, so they weren't used to this church culture where the best seats in the house are the last pew. You know, it's like, so right next to the door. Yeah, so you'd have, you know, you'd have these 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 kids coming in in sandals and, you know, in jeans and t-shirts and so forth. And and where were they going to go? They saw, oh, look at that. There's you know four rows in the front that are empty. Let's go grab them before somebody else does. Yep. And uh, you know, I remember, you know, the the church. Some of the people were, you know said to the pastor, you know, what about some of these people coming in? And he said, these are the people we want in the church. And he said, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said that it's not the well that need the uh, the physician, it's it's the sick. And he said, we, are, we need to be the ones that are providing, you know, the, um, you know, the spiritual aid and comfort and sustenance that these, that these kids are looking for. And, uh, and also, like you mentioned, out of that, uh, I have a friend and his wife who are doing church planting and prison ministry to this day um, out in the Midwest. They're out in uh, Indiana. And, uh, you know, they were, they were a couple of the first people that were there in jeans and T-shirts. I remember knowing them back in those days, you know, sitting there, you know, and um, it's just... And, I, and I'm grateful for a church that that encouraged it, you know, because it would have been easy for this church to just say, you know, eh, we don't want this. But this church also did a lot of other outreach. They did some things that were, um, you know, kind of outside the box to reach out to the community. And uh, that was that was quite avant-garde, shall we say, back in those Absolutely. days. People were looking for the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I find that today... Being an elder at my church and in times that I've served on different boards and been worship leader and on and on and on doing different things as 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 the Lord has led, I see that there's a hunger for the real thing. You know, people, we're all at a crunch. All of us, you know, none of us, you know, have a free get out of jail free card, you know, or get out of persecution free card or whatever. We're all, you know, all of us in this world are feeling it, you know, whether it's family problems, you know, spiritual problems, financial, whatever they are, people need, they're looking for an answer. Mm-hmm. And just walking in, hearing a nice sermon and a couple songs, you know, is not doing it for them. You know what I mean? They right. they need that that Holy Spirit touch. They need to know that, yes, wow, God does love me and that's that's wild. You know, because that's the revelation we had. Right. You know, I remember uh, growing up, you know, in Catholic Church, I knew all about hell, but 
I didn't know much of anything else. You know what I mean? And uh, so, but yet I was faithful to the Catholic Church. And even though I was living like the devil, you know, we were, you know, our band was playing in the clubs back then up and down the Jersey Shore. And I'd go to Saturday night service because that fit my schedule and right down to the club and be playing and, you know, drinking like a fish and on and on and on. And so God knew that even though I was a knucklehead, he still, the door to get to me was through the Catholic Church at that time. Thousands upon thousands came to Christ through that movement, and that was all during that same time. Mm-hmm. So you could see the hand of God right. in the big picture, because yeah. He wasn't just doing one thing. Oh, yeah, my church is doing this one thing, and it's really cool. Well, no, that's not how it was. It was everywhere. Right. It's just like He took a bucket, dumped it on everything, the whole area. And it didn't matter, you know, where you went to church or what you called yourself or who you were or what your background was. God was there mm-hmm. reaching and, and touching. And uh, turning back to prayer, one of the things the Lord led me to do while writing Hidden Thrones was to take some of those experiences that I had mm-hmm. that I knew were true right. and were, you know, obviously scriptural, but I also knew personally that they were true, you know, and that's a revelation we all need to have. You know, we read it in the Bible and say, well, it's the Bible. So I guess, you know, you, you're a Christian. You're supposed to believe what's in the Bible. But, you know, that's not enough. You know, you have to know inside. Yeah. Yeah, that's real because this is what happened to me. You know, and uh, in the days of Noah, you think about it, uh, a lot of parallels. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like we're talking and I think demonic activity is on the rise Mm -hmm. i mean inspiration uh to other nations and to cults and on and on it goes it's no longer just a natural anger Mm -hmm. you know you know somebody says something to you and you know i'm gonna punch you you know it's just like it's it's a flare-up and anger that's that's you know not necessarily a good thing but it's a natural thing right but the stuff we're seeing today is not natural Mm -hmm. you know that level of hate is 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 uh, is awful and, and growing, and um, I think the importance of hidden thrones mm-hmm. is to open people's eyes to the fact that yes, there's not a demon around every corner, and you know not everybody in your neighborhood's possessed, though you may <laughs> think so, <laughs> you know. But there is a presence. Scripture's clear: the prince and power of the air. In other words, the whole surrounding earth. The atmosphere that surrounds the earth is controlled, right? you know, by demonic forces. And they're influencing constantly uh, the whole world, mm-hmm. you know. And we can't blame everything on the devil, you know. And uh, But there is a great inspiration, you know, if we just des- decide that we're going to go that way, he is ready mm-hmm. to en- enable us to go as far down that road as we want to go. Right. You know, right. And, and in Hidden Thrones, we, through that that series, we see that the revealing of those powers, you know, and I think it's important for people to, to realize that just like in the days of Noah, the demonic activity was tremendous. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear about the Nephilim, and, you know, <clears throat> those of you that have read books about the Nephilim, there's a bunch of them out there. Um, you know, angels that came down and had sex with women, you know, and they bore these Nephilim, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they were half human, half 
angel or however, however you want to put it. Um, and so these spirits exist, and they existed. That's why God destroyed the whole world. It wasn't just the sins of men. It was just overall just darkness, mm-hmm. you know. And we're coming to that second, right, the second Noah. Only this time it's not by water. But right. uh, but we see that same build towards towards it. You know, and some people say, well, you know, it's always been that way. Well, no, it hasn't always been this way. You know, well, there's been awful things in history. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the acceptance, I guess, of the whole world to the system that's scary. Right. And, you know, what's interesting is um, – Entertainment, the the media, um, film, TV, etc., even you know, the print. Um, there is a renewed interest in this. You know, so many of the programs on TV that you watch, some of the series on TV, they deal with with uh, angels and demons and different characters and creatures, and you know, these are the ones that uh, Nielsen. You know, says, yeah, the ratings are high for these. And that's why they keep producing them, because there is an interest. And I think that goes back to, again, you know, the fact that, um, you know, we are created, you know, in in Ecclesiastes, where, you know, Solomon talks, we're created with eternity in our hearts. You know, we've got this yearning for something. We've got this yearning to be whole, you know, and and the only wholeness that we can really have is when Jesus Christ fills the void that's in our lives. But we don't know that. And the deceiver, Satan, who is the angel of light, the angel of lies, the, the you know, he is so good at deceiving people. I mean, C.S. Lewis in, you know, the screw tape letters, you know, the whole premise there. You know, don't tell him this don't tell them that just make them believe that they can do this and it's going to be okay you know and so therefore again you know if it all it all works together it's everything fits in together um you know how christians as a culture in today's society you know are satisfied to you know yeah well maybe the lord didn't come back in the 70s maybe i'm not going to see him in life my lifetime so therefore I'm going to get this big house. I'm going to get this wonderful job. And, you know, I may not be able to spend as much time at church, but I'm providing for my family, and that's got to be, you know, good and, you know, on God's scorecard. <laughs> but that's, 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 not how, that's not necessarily how it works. You know, all these things are, yes, these are all very good to be able to provide for your family. It's a wonderful thing to, you know, to do positive things. But, um, you know, just as you have mentioned previously, you know, as we in the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, when Jesus was praying in the garden, he said, but yet not my will, but yours be done, as he was speaking to his heavenly father. And and that's the getting back to the, the importance of prayer. You can pray as much as you want, but unless we're praying for God's will to be done in our lives, in the lives of those around us, uh, in the lives of our church, you know, those kind of things, um, you know, the prayers are in vain, just like in First Corinthians. If I speak with tongues and, you know, men and angels and have not love, I'm 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 just like a clanging cymbal. Yeah, <laughs> we all know how annoying that can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the the only weapon we have is the sword of the spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And and if we don't use the weapon, then, you know, even if we use the shield of faith, right. you know, we're kind of stuck in a corner with the shield up and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just trying to protect ourselves mm-hmm. when God wants us to be forward, yeah. move forward and to be aggressive, you know, and we're aggressive in a lot of other things, you know, we're aggressive about getting a better job or aggressive mm-hmm. about, you know, getting things we want, right. you know, we need to be aggressive in the spiritual things. Mm-hmm. He's got all these gifts he wants to give. And yet, you know, we're not asking for them. Right. You know, yeah. or we ask them for them. I asked, well, I asked about a year ago. And, you know, but we just got to be ongoing hunger and thirst. Right. And I think the key to the whole thing is that Scripture, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Amen. That's a promise. That's right. And so people go come to me, oh, you know, I don't know why I'm not this, I'm not that. I said, do you really want it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, well, that's not an answer. That's not hungering and thirsting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I really want a steak, you know, and I really want it bad enough, I'll find a way to get it. You know, it it's, there has to be that hunger and thirst. And I think um, getting back to uh, the spiritual world around us, it's important for us to be aware of it. We need right. to be aware, mm-hmm. you know, like every, uh, you know, a uh, person who talks about uh, military aspects and they say, know your enemy. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Right. Before you go marching in with your guns blaring, know your enemy. Know where they're at. Know their strengths. Know their weaknesses. You know, how, how can I defeat them? Mm-hmm. You know, and we have to defeat them the same way Jesus did. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and Jesus never, ever once said to the devil when he was being tested that, no, you don't have the authority to give me those kingdoms. He never said that mm-hmm. because he had the authority. The devil has that authority even given to him by God. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm, if you bow and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Well, Jesus could have said to him, you're a liar. You can't give me those kingdoms. But he didn't because mm-hmm. he knew that that's how it works. That's how it's laid out right now. Mm-hmm. For the moment, that's how it works. And people don't get that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, it's been an interesting time and, uh, I've really been blessed to have you doing the narration on hidden thrones. And, uh, that's got to kind of be a little bit of a new experience for you. Oh yeah. Uh, how has that been for you? Actually, it's been really educational, I guess. <laughs> I, you know, at 65 years old, if you're still not willing to learn things and pick up something new, you might as well just kind of like, you know, bag it and, you know, just kind of phone it in the next day. But I've appreciated the fact that, um, first of all, reading something that someone else has written uh, is a challenge because the the idea is what I'm what I try to do as I'm reading is to think about the context that it's written in um and then also i need to think about the audience i need to make sure that the audience is hearing it with the same intensity that it was written it's easy to read a book and as we read we just kind of you know we jump through paragraphs and so forth and we kind of fill in the blanks mentally in our heads but when you are reading verbatim word for word and you have to make sure that everything is that is written is being communicated um, it takes on a whole new dimension, and uh, there's there's almost um, it's a combination of narration, it's a combination of acting, uh, it's a combination of interpretation, 
Um, you know, it's amazing how you can read a sentence one way, go back and read it another way, go back and read it another way. And the reality is probably either of the three ways is great. But what you want, what you need to do is or what I need to do as I'm reading, I need to kind of in my mind figure out which is the most effective way to communicate the thought. So these things are all challenges for me. I mean, I've been on the air, you know, different radio stations. I've done things from reading the news, which is reading the news, <laughs> which is reading the weather. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of leeway because we didn't do commentary. <laughs> this is what's happening. Uh, to being live on the air, doing a, an afternoon drive program with, uh, you know, a station here in Jersey. And, um, and also... One of the, probably the coolest things that I've had opportunities to do over the years was interview a lot of Christian artists and, you know, um, musically and uh, ministry-wise and so forth. And, uh, and those, kind of a th- those kind of things are also um, interesting as well because each one is unique, you know, and you know, you, you always have to do your homework and in those type of things where you have to kind of know who it is that you're talking about and make sure you're not asking stupid questions. But you also want to go kind of like with the flow of the conversation. And, you know, so that's, you know, that's kind of like thinking on your feet as you're, you know, in a conversation as you would have a conversation with anybody in any situation. So getting back to the reading, the reading is different. The reading is you know, making sure that you're communicating the message, you're communicating in a way um, that the listener is enjoying it. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's, that's how I've seen this. I've appreciated the opportunity and I look forward to, you know, doing more books here together and, uh, you know, wherever God takes us as far as outside of the realm of, you know, your writings and doing some writings or some readings for some other folks as well. I think, um, you know, it's it's kind of a it's a challenge. It's one of those things that, you know, I can honestly say I can I can only go up improvement wise. <laughs> oh, no, you know that's not really true, uh, folks. He's done a great job, and uh, when you hear them, you'll agree. Uh, it's been great working with you, and uh, you know, renewing our friendship and uh, growing deeper in it. And uh, God's really blessed me through it, and I hope uh, that folks will just. Check them out, and they're going to be blessed by them. So thanks so much. And, uh, Wayne, you know, it's been a pleasure, buddy. I just hope that, uh, you know, through it all, people are really drawn to the fact that, yes, there is a God. You know, yes, um, the the unseen world is is not necessarily as unseen as it would like to be. And uh, I think in a lot of these, you know, um, stories, you know, the, 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 the different portions of the, um, of the books as you, you know, these, as Jack and Frank are going through their, you know, their daily routines, you know, they're, they're unveiling things that, um, I think are very, very important for people to be aware of. And, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be a real, there'll be a real interest, but there'll also be a, uh, acknowledgement, acknowledgement of the fact you know, that God is God and God is more powerful. And uh, that story definitely comes through. Well, that was a great time uh, for me, and I hope it's been a great time for you. Our uh, interview and discussion with Wayne Williams, who was 
been in radio and promoting concerts and emceeing and uh, being involved in so many Christian events and uh, really at the grassroots of a lot of the music, uh, Christian music of the late 60s and early 70s. So God bless. It's good being back with you after a little bit of a layoff. And so we will be back next week with Revelation chapter 13. God bless. Keep looking up. The King is coming.